don't turn around. Entering night shift. This writing is old. Impossibly old. We've gone beyond the reach of the TARDIS's knowledge. Not a good move. We must feed. People, look at that. Real people. That's us. Hooray! We must feed. Whatever it is down there is not a natural phenomenon. We could revolutionize modern science. We could use it to fuel the Empire. Or start a war. The beast and his armies shall rise from the pit to make war against God. The pit is open. And I am free. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and the host of Discussing Who are spread about. I am in Atlanta, and I'm going to go back to the home territory and introduce Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Yo, yo, I'm doing well, man. Actually, I had a trip this weekend as well. I went to uh, New Orleans to kind of just chill for a little bit and take in the sights and sounds. So, yeah, I'm back, but you guys are gone. Yeah. Um, so how was New Orleans? Uh, I'm sure it was really cold down there. Yeah, you know, summertime, New Orleans, you know, you, you expect it to be cold. No, it was hot. It was very hot um, and rainy. But, you know, I had fun, and that's kind of the point. Yep, exactly. Well, you know, Lee Shackelford and I have switched time zones, wibbly-wobbly, timey-zony. Lee, you are in Central Time. I'm in Eastern Time. So what's going on with you, Mr. Shackelford? <laughs> I'm in Chicago. My my wife's at a conference, and uh, I got to tag along and be up here and see the sights and sounds of the Windy City. So we're on our um, – yeah, I think the three of us are on our tours of America's Great Cities, right? Ah. Yeah. Do NOLA and Chicago, and you're in, as we At, say in Birmingham, Hotlanta. Or as we say in who country, Hulanta. Hulanta, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, speaking of who... Um, just want to kind of give a little shout to our friends at Pensacon because they will be hosting Colin Baker, the sixth doctor I saw today, uh, next, uh, February at Pensacon 2019. The sixth doctor will be making an appearance and all three of us have seen Colin Baker before. So fun to get to see him again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I guess we'll be going down to the Pensacon um, this coming next year sometime in February, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be fun uh, to, to see the doc again. <laughs> and he will also be at Kime Castabra, so might as well make oh, third time's a charm. That is awesome. <laughs> so fun, fun. Colin is spending a lot of time in the U.S. these days then. he That's interesting. Well, I, another um person that is of a Doctor Who legacy, um, Peter Davison, of course, the fifth Doctor, will be this October in Biloxi, Mississippi, at the Gulf Coast Fan Fest, uh, which is a two-day event. So we'll have two Doctors, two states, all in southern United States. So that's really cool. No kidding, yeah. So, gentlemen, I have a question for you. Did you see the Doctor Who teaser not trailer teaser the what <laughs> there's a doctor who teaser yeah yeah knows. and you know i'm not even going to say spoilers because no need right mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I don't think so. No. Um, so, so, so I'm assuming all jokes aside, both of you have seen it, correct? Yeah. There are multiple times. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Clarence ballpark, just off the top of your head. What did you think? Man, so many questions. So many <laughs> questions. Um, personally, I felt like it, there could have been some hitting, hidden meanings to some of the things that were, uh, shown and maybe even some of the sounds that we're playing. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It just kept me kind of puzzled and it really makes me interested in seeing how, uh, all of these characters are, are going to actually connect. Now, maybe it could have been something they just did for a teaser. Uh, you know, it, it's possible, but it seemed like they put a lot of work into having some type of meaning to what's going on. Maybe, maybe Lee, what do you think? Uh, my favorite remark that I've seen so far is a YouTube commenter who said, uh, wow, the next season of The Flash looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, because <laughs> yeah. so, to me, that was the vibe that what we were getting was a little story about uh, three people who are being touched by an invisible something. Um, um, two, two of whom seem to be, they're all being pranked, but one of them gets a pizza out of it. So, um, yeah. um so, so there's I, a playfulness. I don't have any idea that this is a, 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 from, from an episode. I think this is a little piece of film that they made to tease the show. So that's, that's an opinion. What about you? All right. So I have an, opi- well, my opinion is, uh, two, well, I, I'm of two minds. My number one is it reminds me of the 2005, little snippets that we got of Eccleston running down a course corridor with an explosion in the background. And that was pretty much it. And that was, you know, teaser of Dr. Who. And the second mind is this is a teaser, not a trailer. Right. And it's not supposed to be the, you know, here's, here's what's to come this season. This is just something to whet your appetite. And I think the fact that, Hey, we're talking about it. I think it accomplished its goal. Yeah, I mean, and there's a large amount of playfulness mm. in that teaser. I mean, first she eats some of Tossin's food without him knowing. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I got from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, we have uh, Mandif. I think that's her name. We have where her pizza comes back. Can we see the doctor <laughs> leaving? Like, okay, all right. And lastly, uh, Walsh's paper gets changed out for a 1981 book of some, something weird. I'm like, just randomness, randomness everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting to me, but it probably doesn't have any deeper meaning. <laughs> so did you guys notice that there was like everybody that was watching it, the universal response seemed to be, Oh, why wasn't it more? Why wasn't it more? Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys want more or were you happy with that? Well, I, I guess I understand what a teaser is. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, it's exactly what I expected when they said that, that they're releasing a teaser. I, yeah, I, um, and it did. Yeah, I mean, it, the first thing Clarence said was so many questions. That's what a teaser is supposed to do. So, you know, uh, well, terrific. you know, if I think. You know, if I wanted to look at it and say, did it reveal anything? I would say that the biggest revelation that came from it is we got to see the new cinematography of the way it's supposed to have a different look and feel, which I think was beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. That's true. Yeah. So any, it did, it did look great. So 
any other takeaways from that other than the universe is calling? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't know. It seems like we might have a lot of playfulness in this next season. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I gathered from it as, as well. Um, but, yeah, I know it, it got me excited. I will say it did accomplish its job in getting me more ramped up. I have to admit, this without the leak, I may have been pining a little bit more for a little more information. But this coupled with the leak that we got um, through unofficial channels, <laughs> uh, I think mm-hmm. I, I think I'm content for a while. So yeah, same here. Yeah, now, same here's here. something that somebody had to point out to me. But once they pointed out to me, I thought, okay, brilliant to coin a phrase, um, because this really doesn't show us much of the doctor, but it may be telling us a lot about what the tone of the new series is going to be like, which is that that playfulness. Um, but it did give us a really good look at her three companions and because it was aired as part of coverage of the world cup, um, the, the, their, their televisions playing in each of their three little scenarios there. And what's on the TV is the world cup coverage. And this is the thing that had to be pointed to me. But if you listen closely, what the commentator is saying, apparently about one of the, 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 the World Cup teams, is they've got the makings of a really strong team. They've got great energy, great flair, and that's what people are talking about. I'm really excited to see what happens. Yes, so subconscious, right? So, yeah. Which, which, but I think, you know, yeah, brilliant. Well, here's something that I noticed in looking at it was – and and this is just, you know, mere speculation here. But I'm wondering if for somehow the, at first she doesn't have the TARDIS, the doctor doesn't, and it may be using a out of time. Maybe she's because it did seem like she was moving so fast that she was not in sync with time. I don't know if that has mm. anything to do with an upcoming story. Maybe. <laughs> well, ever since um uh, the Christmas invasion, it's become, it's now part of who can, and that during the first, what is it? Well, a flexible amount of time, uh, post regeneration, all kinds of miraculous things are possible. Yeah. Right. And, um, twice told tale, uh, gave us, um, this extended regeneration. Um, he was actually able to hold back his regeneration by force of will and things like that. So we're, we're playing with the rules a lot. Um, maybe this, um, maybe this, uh, ghost like thing or, you know, her, 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 uh, um, speed force or whatever's going on there. Um, maybe this is part of her post regeneration. And, and, and that, that's really something we're going to see is that, uh, outside the TARDIS that she's somehow out of time. I don't know. You know, out of phase, phase shifting. What's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So this is really, really interesting. So I am looking at the video and I have paused it right at the point. This is the first scene that we see where um, Ryan is eating. And I'm not sure what it exactly that he's eating, but what that's British breakfast, Scott. (laughs) Okay. But well, the reason, no, no, no. There's a reason that I I said it that way. And and you're Mm. right, by the way, Lee (laughs) is one of the things that, uh, Amelia Pine made for um, the 11th doctor was beans. And I've got the, um, and there's beans on his plate, which may have already been there. But the other thing that I'm noticing is looks like what's put in his hand is a fish finger and custard. Really? That is cool. 
because I've got it paused and I've got yeah. it right on his hand and it I'm looks looking. like fish fingers and custard. I've looked at that closely too. I think it's just eggs and toast, but, <laughs> but, you know, but, but the magazine, uh, is the Beano and that is not just an issue of the Beano, which is a immensely popular humor magazine. Britain has been for something like 80 years. It's been around since the thirties. Um, but it is the very issue that, um, the 11th doctor was reading in, uh, rings of Akhtan. Ah, so, <laughs> So we are definitely shouting out the eleventh doctor sometimes. So, yes. so fish and fingers Mr. and custard, possibly, possibly. Well, well, well. I'm going to take that back, Mr. Shackelford, because mm-hmm. I just uh, unpressed uh, my pause button, and you are correct, sir. That was an egg. But hey, for a brief moment, it looked like fish. <laughs> it fingers. does, yeah. But yeah, she's definitely <laughs> stealing part of his egg. She's got a piece of toast. She's eating his eggs. Um, is there a gender thing here? She takes from that guy. She gives the other guy a magazine, but she gives the girl a pizza. Mm. 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 Don't read too much into that. <laughs> yeah. There we go already. And, the show hasn't even started yet. Come on, guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But, but 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 is this not exactly the purpose of what they put the teaser out? Absolutely, for us to sit here and move on and still right. be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of this podcast again? This is yeah. called Discussing Who. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if we're not doing it, then yeah, then they failed utterly. We should be. Yeah, it's for exactly. to get everybody to be discussing who. And well, you know, that would be impossible unless, of course, you were on a planet that was an impossible planet, perhaps, oh. yes, which yes. which just happens to be the reason we're having a recording tonight is the impossible planet. So if anyone has not seen the impossible planet, this is from the 2006 series of Doctor Who starring David Tennant and Billy Piper. If you've not seen it. Put us on pause, because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 All right, gentlemen. Spoiler warning has gone out. The Impossible Planet, part one of a two-part story. Mr. Shackelford, I'll let you take this first. Hmm. Just a summary. What did you think of the story? I remember um, enjoying this when it first aired, and I have not looked back at it since. And it makes me wonder why. Why did I leave it alone for 12 years? And uh, watching it again uh, the other day, I uh, was uh, impressed by how scary this is. I I was very tense watching this. And um, I had also forgotten this is our introduction to the Ood. Um, so, so that was fun because we'll see them a lot, uh, um, as, uh, the series goes on, but, um, yeah, I just had a great time with this. Um, so how about you guys? Hmm. All right, Clarence, what do you think? Uh, I love this episode. Um, it had so many elements of the things I love. First off, we're not on earth. We're away on some mm-hmm. planet or rock, I guess in this case, <laughs> um, space, a little space. And then though we weren't on a ship per se, we were kind of on this habitat that was on this rock. So it had so many elements already that had me, you know, on board for this episode. And then the slight horror aspect coupled with the, the spin of what we think of some of our religious beliefs. It just had a lot of stuff going for it. And I, I, I absolutely loved it. What about you, Kyle? 
you know, I, I'm going to echo first what Lee said in the sense of it's one of those that I watched and it's one of those that I haven't watched since David Tennant's 10th Doctor Regenerated. So it's not one that I've gone back and, you know, rewatched and watched again. I'm going to then second what you said, Clarence, and there were the horror aspects of it that I really, really enjoyed. I kind of like the fact that it wasn't just your typical Doctor Who. It went a little bit further up to a point to where it almost made me feel just a little bit uncomfortable with the religious aspects. But I think sometimes uncomfortable is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enough to make you think about, you know, our beliefs and, you know, what if, you know, because they, they didn't really dispute anything that you may believe from whatever religion you might be. They kind of just added to it and peppered in and gave us another uh, possibility, uh, maybe. So, yeah, I, I, I really love that. You, you know, and to kind of touch on the religion aspect again, and, uh, you know, no, this isn't meant to be any sacrilege or disrespect to any anyone's religion, what I'm about to say. But one thing, and I think this may have been what made me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I was th- thinking, are you about to say this being is the devil in, you know, Christianity or are the traditional Christianity as I know it. And then that's what made me think of the perspective of, well, that's just one religion. And then my brain just started domino effect here of, well, what if some of the Zeus and Athena's and all the Hercules from years past, what if those were aliens that visited and, you know, prehistoric or not prehistoric, but thousands of years. Do you know what I'm saying? I know mm-hmm. I'm kind of yeah. on a tangent, right. yeah. but it, it just kind of made you look at how you perceive things and kind of forced me to look at it kind of differently, which I really loved. So I know, like I said, I was on a tangent, but that was one of the things I really, really loved about this. And those of us who grew up as uh, fans of the original Star Trek series, we've always known that uh, the, um, the gods of Greco-Roman mythology were, in fact, alien space visitors who, who came to the Earth way back when, and we just remember them that, that way. And and if you grew up reading Marvel comics as I did, you you understand that guy's not somebody who's called Thor. That's Thor. That's really Thor. Yeah. You know. So same thing. And and Asgard is just another another realm of existence, and so on and so forth. So so this is not a big um, in itself a big idea. Uh, for us, you know, uh, but, um, but still, still, this really does kind of get down to the core of a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of history and a lot of world beliefs. So, so Lee, let me ask you really quick before mm. we m- move on in, in the sense of classic who, cause I can't remember this and I candidly haven't had a chance to, uh, look it up, but do you recall in classic who, did we touch on religion in the way that we touched on religion in this episode? Um, I would say frequently. Um, um, seeing Louise Jameson at uh, the convention uh, had me go back and watch um, Face of Evil again. And um, Face of Evil is an outright indictment of um, sort of the whole notion of people's uh, religious beliefs. Um, and, uh, and and I remember many years ago uh, kind of debating this with a, uh, a friend uh, who said that the the one of the things she liked about Doctor Who was that it is um, that it's so atheistic 
and the, she hmm. found that the, she she really liked that because um, that that skewed with her that that uh, uh, lined up with her own uh, worldview. Uh, and she said, I just, I just like the fact that the doctor keeps uh, having to sort of sigh and uh, roll his eyes when he deals with the religious people because uh, he knows it's all, it's all twaddle and that, uh, the reason why he's important is because otherwise we're alone in the universe. It's something that, that they touch back on in, uh, in, in the series, uh, just with the uh, bill and the 12th doctor. So, yeah, I, I, I told her at the time she's wrong. And, um, as the years have gone by, I've said, nah, I'm not sure she's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, Though, hmm. I kind of felt in this episode, even though some of the things that that our beloved Doctor may have been saying were counter, seemed like he did leave a bit of it open ended. He didn't just make the definitive statement. He kind of alluded and left it open in a lot of instances. I felt. And if I'm remembering the next part of this two parter, that's 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 what happens here too. Is it? Uh, yeah, we come away with some big questions at the end, but, uh, uh yeah, so. Yeah. And, and you're, and you're both right. It, it did leave the questions. And, I, and again, I think that's what made me like this episode was the fact that it, it did not, it didn't just try to give me an answer from A to Z and then it was definitive and that was it. It was ambiguous and open to interpretation, which I I think I really, really, really like. But I want to ask you guys, and Clarence, I'll point this one uh, to you first. The Ood, this is the first time we've seen the Ood. And by many, uh, you know, for all I can think here, they were the bad guys, sort of, kind of. Or how did you see the Ood? Um, man, um, I feel bad for the Ood in this episode. Um First, they're relegated to slaves, and I guess that's what we were told. They were kind of, that's what they love, their servants. And honestly, I remember very little about the Ood, so uh, this was a good uh, re- uh, a good thing for me to get back into it and to try, try to see them a little bit more. But, but overall, you know, I kind of felt bad because they were pretty much slaves. And I love, love, love how they were used with their telepathic abilities and from what we see from the episode, very limited telepathic abilities, which, you know, this Satan entity has kind of latched onto and, and, and allowed that to jump in and control them. And they were his legion. They were his army. So I thought the way they played it with the wording and how we had that eventual revelation of, you know, they are under his control. I thought it was just really well played in the script. Mm, interesting. Lee, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, same thing. Uh, same exact feelings. And, and I, I had forgotten that the way we, we met them first was them <laughs> apparently coming out of the closet and saying, we must feed. And uh, what they mean is, we must feed you. You. Yeah. <laughs> It reminded me that, that when my son was little, he used to do that. He, uh, it, was, it was a, a dinnertime thing. He must feed. Uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, well, you know, for me, uh, with looking at the Ood from the look of them, of course, you know, they look horrible, to, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I, I had forgotten, number one, that they were in this story. And number two, I really like the Ood. I, the two of their stories, I mean, they, they are in two of my favorite Doctor Who stories. And, 
you know, it was really, really cool seeing them. But what I took away from the whole thing of the Ood or the Legion of the Ood was there was a comment that they said, and Clarence, you hit upon this, when they are told, they being Rose and the Doctor, the Ood need instructions or they will die. So in other words, they need to be slaves or they will die. That's a harsh and reality. I, but, but, but you know what? I, and the reason I wrote that down and I'm going to American history, but I'm also going to British history. Isn't that someone who would use another being as a slave to have that rationale of, well, they need this. They want this or they wouldn't survive. They didn't know that the Ood would or wouldn't survive because spoiler, they can. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I really like that sort of a historical political angle on that is that it is it is inherent in our nature as empathic people who are Doctor Who fans. So when we encounter a race who are obviously slaves, we object, you know. And so Toby's saying, well, they like it that way. Yeah, that we're already going. Mm, I'd like to know how mm-hmm. that happened. And so, yeah, and eventually we are going to get the backstory. Yeah, they were made that way. That don't make it right. And Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so let's talk for a minute about the people that are actually at the base. Any takeaways from the characters? Did they stand out to you? Were they wallflowers? What were you guys <laughs> take away from the characters? Hmm. Well, I can tell you who I felt bad for: uh, the Virgin Toby. <laughs> um, and I think they I, didn't they say he was a virgin in there. I believe they did. And if that's the I, case. I, I just remember the word going by and I couldn't remember what the context was. So, yeah. yeah, I thought they said it was him. And if so, first of all, I love how they kind of turned it on his head to where you usually see where it's the female version mm-hmm. that gets sacrificed or gets, you know, possessed or whatever. Uh, I love that it was Toby this time. But that being said, I felt very bad for Toby. And man, he just never had a chance in his episode. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, he was a standout character to me. I also like the, I also like Zachary, uh, Flane. I thought he was awesome as a, mm-hmm. as a captain. So yeah, I enjoyed those two the most. Yeah. What about you, Lee? Yeah. Same thing. I really, uh, this time, uh, Captain, uh, uh Zachary Cross Flane. Yeah. Uh, Cross Flame. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that great? What a great character name. Um, he really stood out to me because I, I, I like the, the, the idea that he feels like he's not doing a good job and <laughs> he's great, you know? Yeah, it's just it's an impossible situation (laughs) to coin a phrase. Um, I loved Ida and uh, I I just kept staring at her saying where that who is I know this face. I know this woman. Clara Rushbrook is the actor. Hmm. She plays an unforgettable role in the uh, the all too short lived series Home Fires as a bullied housewife, this beleaguered woman. And uh, she's just fantastic in that. And so I just kept saying, who? Oh, I know who that is. It's Claire Rushbrook. <laughs> anyway, but but I, I just thought she's great. And I'm glad that she's the one who's going to go, you know, she's supposed to go down to the pit. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so so lots of fun things with gender. Yeah, like you say, uh, having a, having the virgin be uh, Toby. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also I'll just add, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Mr. Jefferson, who gave the ultimate sacrifice to kind of save them in the Jeffrey tubes or Tom's That's right. to call them. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, him, um, staying back and, and helping everybody else get, get the freedom. So you know. he did it. Yeah. And poor Scooty yeah. talk about people who didn't have a chance. Oh, I mean, she's, 
So that's a nasty way to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, she kind of was out of there before. Yeah, but you know, there's always got to, anytime you have a group and the doctor arrives, there is going to be someone. If there's four or five people in a base and the doctor arrives, mm-hmm. think of any base with the doctor's story. Somebody's going to get killed off in the first 15 or 20 minutes. Absolutely. That's how you know. That's how you know it's bad. Exactly. So, and I yeah. really, I really hope I'm not jumping ahead because I watched both episodes. I feel well, like me I'm too. So. <laughs> yeah, and I did not. So uh, yeah. For, for fear of get of forgetting where things happen in the timeline. Yes. Well, wibbly wobbly, even yeah. if we do. So I want to. Well, I want to mention something that I think both of you will find interesting that I read earlier because I think this would have totally one million percent have changed our liking of this episode. I am pretty darn sure because the original idea or something that was considered by Russell T. Davies was not to create the Ood, but was to use another alien race from, uh, yep, from from series one and is one of the things that Lee loves to say, even though I don't know how to say it. So you want to go ahead and say it, uh, the family Slitheen are from the race of what? The people from Raxacorica Fallopatorius? Yes. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm confessing my ignorance about this, uh, this screenwriter. This is Matt Jones. Um, what other, that's it. He wrote the impossible planet and Satan pit. Hmm. So those yep. are his contributions to doctor who I wonder if, uh, like some of the others, he gets a, uh, he gets a nickel every time they have the Ood on screen. Good point. Good point. I, well, I it would know. be, it would be quite odd if he didn't. It would be, it'd be good if he didn't. It would be, it would be very good. Well, so, so you know, Lee, you may pr- uh, pr- uh, appreciate this. Gabriel Wolf, who is the voice of what they call the Beast, yes. also was the voice of Sukith, Su- I believe, from Pyramids of Mars from Sutek. 19. Yeah. How about that? Interesting. Okay. A uh, fourth Doctor and Sarah adventure. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, from a story, th- th- with this being a two-parter, there was not a lot of takeaway other than what we've talked about so far. So curious, anything else? Because I have a couple of more things, but I'm curious to see if you guys have any takeaways that you've picked up from watching this part. So, um, Clarence, what about you? I've got a couple of things that I want to go over, but I'm curious what you have. Yeah, I have a couple of things. Uh, first off, just the doctor's just pure joy, admiration, love of, of our ability to want to search the unknown, want to see this rock out here. Oh, how is that just standing out there in front of this black hole and not being consumed? <laughs> and his utter joy and love of our exploration. You know, you, you cannot listen to or watch David Tennant talk about this and not feel that joy because he is just loving the fact that we just saw this and said, Oh, we need to go explore it. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and that's continued throughout the rest of the episode. So that's a point that I want to bring up. I just, I just love his joy of. That's um, He's got to give Zachary a hug. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Like, so the good. human race. Yeah. yeah. 
I, what about you, Lee? Oh, um, I'm glad you mentioned that this is a base under siege story, because if you're a fan of the classic series, you know, this is a trope. This is one of the one of the subcategories of, of Doctor Who is, you know, that we, we can't leave and there's a big bad out there and it's getting in. You know, the calls are coming from inside the house. And um, and it has been done so many times that uh, I I generally just find it wearying the base under siege. And um, boy, you don't feel that with this one. Um, the, I just, I just was really caught up in, in the pace and the intrigue of, of how things are happening. And because we've lost the TARDIS, it looks like irredeemably, there's no way to get the TARDIS back. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the threat, uh, for them is really real. So I, I, I loved all of that. And I don't want us to blow past the fact that in this episode, Rose proposes marriage to the doctor. <laughs> um, Oh, yeah, let's settle down in a flat. Yeah, you have bills. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a mortgage. Uh, yeah, I just thought that's a beautiful, beautiful scene. And the way the two of them play it is so gorgeous um, because they're not going to say it, you know, but it's clearly there. And then it gets it gets sort of healed and closed up at the end where she says, well, you know, being trapped with you, that's not so bad. Yeah, obvious, you know? obvious flirtation going on there. Yeah. To say the very least. Um, And maybe this is not uh, germane to our conversation, but uh, it was a little odd, very little oud for me to be watching a show um, where uh, people are hearing mysterious voices and there's somebody who's outside the ship without a spacesuit. Ah, oh, how oud. Yeah. Uh, So very, very oud. You know, you you never know what the influences on your own work are. (laughs) No, but I was just watching this going, the mysterious voice thing really did kind of yeah, <laughs> make me think yeah. of relativity. And I thought, I'm pretty sure that that wasn't connected. <laughs> not pretty darn sure. No, yeah, it's, it's not Satan who's talking to people. And I, uh, but uh, but yeah, well, then when Toby went outside without his suit, I thought, wow. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. But, 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 you know, let me swing back, if you don't mind, to uh, Rose and the doctor. You know, I really got the feeling again that, hey, this is them on a date. They're a couple. Yeah. yeah. You know, it it keeps getting stronger and stronger, that feeling of them as a couple. And I couldn't help but wonder again, do they know at this point that Billy Piper is leaving. Mm. And if so, are they writing these episodes? Because the, you know, the, the, the thing says to her, you know, you're going to die. Yes, it does. Yeah. Mm. You know, and we know how it ends. So, uh, and we know how the last episode that she was on before she leaves begins. And there you go. So, you know, a lot of foreshadowing. Mm. Very true. Yeah. No, I think you're right because in story terms, you can't you can't have her basically tell him that she wants to be with him for the rest of you know that yeah. that she'd like to settle down into a house with a white picket fence, you know, <laughs> because we know that's not going to happen. So that means that we must know that something else is going to happen. You know, that, that's that's what I'm thinking. True. I well, something else that I had written down that I wanted to say 
which is talking again about the outside of the base, it reminded me a little bit of the scaled down versions, the little miniatures we used to see in Classic Who when they would show a base or show wherever they were going. It just kind of had that same feel to it Hmm. for some reason. But the other thing I had written down are actually two things was we did hear the doctor say, sorry, I'm so sorry. And we know that that is something that David Tennant's 10th doctor said quite often. And we got to see the orange space suit. This was the first time of of the space suit. Hmm. Yeah. I had one complaint about the episode. We know how I guess Satan was taking over the Ood in his telepathic sense and making them say these weird and random things. I, there was this one point where the computer seemed to be taken over. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, the computer made a statement. I forgot what it said. But I'm like, that, that doesn't feel right because <laughs> it's a piece of electronics. So I don't know. Uh, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. If I'm remembering that correctly. And also, oh yeah, I loved, 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 loved how the bottom of the pit, well, not the very, very bottom, but the first descent into the pit looked like a scene out of the Lord of the Rings. It looked freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You, are you talking about where it's just David Tennant and everything is black around him? No, no. no. I'm talking about the well, first step, uh, the first time where the first elevator goes to the first level. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, okay. There's like this door looking thing and all these caverns you can see in the background and light shining in. I just thought it looked phenomenal. Um, yeah. The, the ancient civilization, the, yeah. Very mid- middle earth, earth ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> middle earth. Right. Yeah. The mines of Moria. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, I'll be honest, uh, as far as the two part with this being a two part story, I think it's time to give our rating. If you guys are ready to do a rating, what do you guys think? Uh, let's let's do it. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to take the people in the central time zone first and start with <laughs> da, 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 Lee Shackelford. I'm going to give this a 4.2, but I'm not sure why it's not getting a big five for me. So, mm. I don't know. Um, I, I wish I'd spent more time thinking about it, but that, that's just my gut. So, yeah. Interesting number 42. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the door that uh, we, they had to, to get open in a hurry was uh, door number 41, I noticed, with door 42 prominently in the background there. Yeah, I did catch that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm subliminally thinking of 42. All right. Clarence Brown, what say you? I'm going to give it a 45. I am high on this episode. It had aspects of, 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 uh, of things I love, space, space suits, uh, the black holes. I yeah. love, <laughs> I loved it all. Uh, I'll just mention, I love the, um, I love just how they talked about, and I mentioned it briefly before, but the, the planet and this rock and the, the rock having this, uh, power source that's keeping it from being pulled in from the black hole. And they also went to explain like how the ship actually got there because of this field that's coming from the rock. So, um, yeah, just so many things, sciencey things in there that I really liked and I thought worked really well for the episode. So, so yeah, I'm giving it a 4.5. All right. So I think I'm going to give it a 4.5 as well. I mean, I, I can't complain about anything in this episode. And I go back to what I say at the beginning of our episode here. It made me uncomfortable for a minute. And, 
you know, I don't often get scared at something. I mean, I'm more often to get sad at something than to get scared. But I very rarely say that something makes me uncomfortable. So I might even actually bring it up to a 4.75 for that alone. So um, just have a question. Did any of you notice that they also said Torchwood in yes. this episode? Yes. I, I did not catch the Torchwood in this. Yes. So we know Torchwood is coming, um, which is, you know, always interesting. So I think we've gone around the room. We've given our, uh, you know, ratings of this episode. So this is a part one of a two part story. So before we kind of wrap up here, I want to go around the room. And gentlemen, if you have any other things that you're working on that you would like to share with the audience, please do so. And since I started with Lee last time, Clarence, uh, go for it. Uh, yeah, I'll just direct everyone to DiscussingTrek.com, where I did a book review of the Star Trek Discovery novel, uh, Desperate Hours. So if you're into Ooh. that and want to get a little backstory uh, pre-Discovery Season 1, I would definitely uh, lead you to check that out at DiscussingTrek.com. Cobains, Cobains. All right, Mr. Shackelford. Wow, and I just learned that there is a Discovery tie-in novel, so I didn't... There's three! Didn't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what I get for not listening to Discussing Trek, isn't it? So, gotta get back Now you to discovered it. something. Exactly, I discovered something. <laughs> At Disco. I, yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta get back to listening to Discussing Trek. Um, yeah, well, I've already referenced uh, Relativity by saying this the things in the Impossible Planet. Reminded me of my own show. Um, it's funny. I've, been, I've spent the day uh, editing the final episode of this season. So I've been listening to Clarence's voice all day long. <laughs> so what do I do in the evening? Listen to Clarence some more. <laughs> so happily, it's a pleasure. So um, it, it really I, I, I think I think uh, people are going to like this one if I can get it all together. It's the most complicated thing. I've ever oh, wow. Yes, it's yes. so there's so many things going on in this episode. Anyway, relativitypodcast.com is the place for people to find out more about that if you care about that sort of thing. And you should, because, you know, if you like The Impossible Planet, odds are you're going to like relativity. Yes. Uh, trust me, you will. I promise. Thank you, sir. I promise. that You're welcome, sir. So anybody listening, if you want to find out other things that we are working on, you can also go to discussingnetwork.com and that will take you to all of our shows including comic books so feel free to check that out and yes i can't wait to the last of uh, this series of relativity absolutely can't wait and you know what i have to say that i listened to our last episode on our on my way over um yesterday from mississippi to georgia and I had fun listening to us just go back and forth. And the, I actually laughed at you, Lee, when you said uh, you broke out into a sweat when we were speculating that we made uh, the three of us may not have uh, met had it not been for Doctor Who. Not that I was <laughs> laughing at you breaking out, but it, right, but, yeah. But but I just enjoyed listening to us. And you know, for anyone listening, we appreciate you listening. And I know there are a lot of new listeners. I think our numbers are up. So if you're listening to us in this episode for the very first time, thank you for listening. You know, please subscribe to the show. All three of us appreciate it. And um, just, you know, stay around. We're glad you're here. And 
Hope you have some fun and send us some feedback because uh, we have fun doing this. So on that, I think that's the perfect way to end it. So we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.